You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Imagine moving to a new country where you can't even speak the language and don't really know the culture and still try to stake your claim and become a successful contributing citizen. Well, our guest today did just that. I'm Kathy Fetke and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Alex Kolendango immigrated to the U.S. from the Ukraine 20 years ago, barely speaking English, and had very little money. Today, he has a successful full-time career working as a tech professional in the Silicon Valley. And on the side, he's also built an impressive passive income real estate portfolio that he hopes will guarantee his family will never go hungry. In today's interview, he'll share his successes and challenges with plenty of tips and advice for people just getting started. So, Alex, welcome to The Real Well Show. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy, for having me. I'm really excited to hear your story because as an immigrant, you may see things in the U.S. a little different than those of us who were born and raised here. So you initially came to the U.S. and couldn't speak very much English. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. I came more than 20 years ago. I didn't know anybody except my uncle and uh, glad for an opportunity. And it worked out really well (laughs) 20 years later. (laughs) Sounds like it. Now, what brought you to the U.S. initially? Just like any immigrant, I was looking uh, for opportunity. Growing up in uh, Ukraine, uh, I was very poor. My family didn't have a lot to offer, but uh, we had great family values, and uh, we were always willing to work hard. So we came with a strong mindset to make things work, and uh, we did. I'm very grateful for my family, especially for my uncle, who sponsored us, and for my father, who was able to bring me along. Now, why did you think that there would be more opportunity in the U.S. than, say, other places or your home country? I think people all around the world know that America, uh, if you really work hard and put your heart and soul into it, you can have a great, great life. It's just an opportunity to do and be and build whatever you want to. It's unfortunate that other parts of the world do not have such opportunities as other as we have here. Now, having been here for 20 years, would you say that Americans have the same sentiment? Uh, Some of them. (laughs) It's very different. I think you can get a different uh, opinion from uh, so many people. So if you ask uh, certain people, they they think it's all doom and gloom. On the other hand, others think this is the greatest time or the greatest country in the world. So but I think uh, having that perspective, seeing you know what else is out there, growing up in a different country, in a different culture, in a different environment, you know, give me a totally different perspective and appreciation, right? Like, so yeah. I, I truly believe that it starts with the mindset. So we'll talk uh, briefly about that as well, maybe during some of the questions when I share the story. I think it's the company name, for example, how I started was. The wealthy mind investments, because I truly believe that the wealth starts in the mind. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I'm curious because we have so much upheaval here in the US and a lot of people who think everything's wrong with our government. So if you were to be leaving Ukraine now, would you still pick the US as your uh, place of destiny or the place with the best opportunity for you? Definitely, no doubt in my mind. I still think that America is fundamentally the best country in the world, in, in the oh. entire world. <laughs> that touches my heart. And why? Again, this is the topic of conversation. Many people say, oh, no, there's, there's other countries with better education, with better opportunity. I lived in Europe. I have friends in Europe. My friend in Switzerland says, oh, but, you know, in Switzerland, we can't change professions. You, 
you're kind of stuck with what you studied. And when you studied it, you may not have really known what you were getting into. And there, there isn't much, as much flexibility to change later. Again, many countries are free. So why would there be more opportunity here? I still think that it's just the wider type of opportunities. You can, like you said, you can change career many times. In fact, I did that many times throughout my uh, my life in the last 20 years uh, or so. You can start a business. You can invest in many different vehicles. You can learn different uh, languages. You can travel all around the world. And uh, even from prosperity perspective, is I still think that if you are willing to put a lot of work into educating yourself and building vehicles and income streams, you can prosper a lot easier. Because you know the cost of living, I think, still in America, and you know, speaking of Bay Area, which is not the cheapest place to live, no. and we don't have to live here, you can move freely around to a different state, to a different city, and start all over again in a very short period of time. There's still plenty of opportunities when it comes to jobs and uh, businesses concerned. Even though it is difficult and challenging right now, I know COVID turned things around a lot. You know, my background is in technology and investing, and I, I have a lot of friends that have recently lost the job, but they're getting jobs back. Yes, it is challenging. But there are still some jobs out there that you can pursue and start all over and pivot into a different industry if you want to. I don't know any other country out there that has so many variety of opportunities like that. Oh, I just, I, I feel the same way. So it's just such a wonderful reminder. And what I'm trying to constantly remind people of is that there is plenty of opportunity. You just have to be able to see it and you can't see it if you don't have the education or the mindset. So let's go back to. 20 years ago when you arrived in the US, could barely speak the language. I can't even imagine. I lived in, in France uh, as an exchange student and Switzerland as an exchange student. And I did learn the languages pretty quickly, but boy, in the beginning, there's a lot of lips tough. moving and no <laughs> no comprehension at all. So let's just you know take us back to that, that time. Like, What was it like to arrive here? And then how did you start your career? Yeah, so first five years were very challenging. I didn't have many uh, friends. Uh, I, I came with a, a few relatives of mine. So we, we kind of uh, had our own little bubble. So we <laughs> were communicating a lot. But slowly but surely, I went to school. I started to, to study uh, English as a second language. I had some education uh, back from the Ukraine as well. And I think I had good fundamentals. Later on, I was able to meet some friends that I'm still uh, friends up to now, you know, 20 years later. Uh, some of them are from former Soviet Union. We, we do all speak the same language, which is a Russian language, even though I'm from Ukraine. Uh, later on, I was uh, fortunate enough to meet my uh, future wife, and we've been also together for 20 plus years. And slowly but surely, I was able to sort of build up and take, you know, baby steps. After the learning the English, I was able to transition, get my first job. I was working at uh, different odd jobs, you know, low-paying jobs. I had to pay my dues. And uh, uh, the last 20 years specifically, I, I ended up working in Silicon Valley in a technology space because uh, I personally like the computers industry. And that's where the opportunity was. I was able to capitalize on the need, right? So you... And I probably know that, you know, uh, you need to follow the trends, right? You need to mm -hmm. see and anticipate where the market going. And based on those needs, you can capitalize on that and uh, make good decisions that will benefit you and myself and the families. 
So in the tech industry, uh, of course, we have a lot of real wealth members in the tech industry because we're based in the Silicon Valley. I was born and raised there, part of all of it. You know, in the 70s, I was at the same coffee shops as the greats (laughs) at the time. Um, Now, a lot of tech people work 40, 50, 60 hour weeks, which is hard to imagine. Is, was that the case for you? Uh, it varies from uh, week to week. Uh, luckily for me, I've worked for a very established uh, uh, late stage startup. Uh, I have flexible uh, schedule. I have always been a remote employee. I have great relationship with my coworkers. So the job is demanding. But having that flexibility, working from home and a supportive back office with many co-workers has been an amazing experience. I love what I do. I work with customers. I'm in a customer success role. I work with large enterprises. I'm, I'm excited to wake up every morning and add value and communicate and help my clients to be successful. So, so you're still in the tech industry? Yes, today. I am. But you created a real estate business as well on the side. Yes. All right. So let's talk about that. How did you get your real estate going when you had a full-time career? Uh, yeah. So you have to create time, right? Because uh, obviously <laughs> oh, that's when hard you to are do. <laughs> a busy professional like me, uh, there's a lot of people that I talk to that, that like to be in the real estate, but at the same time, they think, well, uh, I, I'm already working 40 hours. I have family, friends, hobbies, this and that. But I was able to create a time with that. Now, it's not easy. Sometimes it's a sacrifices, right? So uh, about uh, five years ago, uh, even 10 years back, I was always curious about real estate investing. I owned a home, we ended up uh, uh, trading up and buying a larger home. We moved from Daly City to Belmont. I was able to time the market and during the last downturn to upgrade our home because we were looking you know, for better schools. We have two boys. So I was always curious about that real estate and it paid off a lot. Our house doubled in value. And then I said, well, if I could do this with my primary residence, what if I learn and how to do that as an investment property, right? So I was able to try different type of uh, investment uh, opportunities in real estate sector. I went to some auctions. Uh, I tried that approach, buying and selling homes to the auctions. I tried to buy and hold the strategies as well. I bought a home in Florida. I tried to flip the home, we build the home with a friend and a business partner as well, but nothing seemed to stick because it, it did require a lot more time than I <laughs> yeah. anticipated until uh, five years ago specifically, I ended up uh, hearing about the group investing, which is a syndication model, right? Mm-hmm. Where a pool of investors come together and buy larger uh, property types, such as uh, apartment buildings, storage units, hotels. And that idea at first was kind of mind-boggling because I could not understand how you can participate in uh, you know, millions of dollar transactions it's for me as a single uh, entity, single investor, right? But then I, I went to many conferences, read many books. I went to bigger pockets and many forums. I ended up talking to a lot of them and it gave me a boost of confidence that it is a solid uh, strategy. A lot of wealthy people are buying through the syndication model, a larger uh, type of uh, real estate investments, and they're not 100% involved on a day-to-day operations, right? Because yeah. I, I, I don't have 40 hours a week on top of my job that I can yeah. devote to real estate. So I ended up investing uh, over time in many projects. I've done probably close to 50 syndications now. Five zero. 
five zero. Wow, yes. I was oh one of goodness. those pioneers uh, that uh, started investing in uh, online portals mm-hmm. uh, through crowd street, crowdfunding, crowdfunding. And, mm-hmm. and for the most part, I've had great experience with them. Now, some of them didn't work out the way the projections were, but you know, yeah. real estate is a risk, right? That's Nobody right. can yeah. guarantee you a fixed percent uh, return, right? And I was sold on that idea that I can invest passively uh, and create multiple passive income streams. And Through syndications, uh, I, yeah. What's I love important, the concept. It's important to understand for people new to the idea of syndication is that uh, there's a manager, hopefully a highly experienced one, who is doing the, the operations. Right. So, you know, and, and that's who you want to really be vetting is that, you know, who's doing the operations. Correct. Um, and that's what makes it passive. You're basically putting your faith in, into the management. And, and of course, Real Wealth does syndications too. And, and um, some of them have been more challenging than others. Some have been slam dunks. And uh, it, it's just, again, they're bigger projects. So with them can come bigger issues. Uh, it's not a single family home, you know, that might have a mold in it that you didn't know about. When it's in a big building, that's a, a lot bigger yes. price tag. So tell me how you choose now that you've done 50. That's incredible. What are the things that stand out in the operating agreement and the private placement memorandum that you can you can say, huh, this is interesting. I'm going to look further into this deal. Like, what are the, what are the first three things you look for in the offering sure. documents? Yeah, so we actually created 101 questions. Okay, that's <laughs> even better. <laughs> <laughs> but the top three would be, you know, you, you always start with uh, uh, the track record. You know, yes. have you done this before? Mm-hmm. Right, you know what? What does your previous result? Nobody can predict the future. We all know that. But mm-hmm. at least, is this your first deal, or have you done three, five, ten? You know, have you worked through downturn, such as the last uh, downturn cycle in real estate? As we all know, real estate is cyclical, right? So that's number one uh, thing that we're looking for. Uh, the number uh, two, uh, we're looking for. You know, can I understand and believe in a business plan? You know, do I understand this market? Do I understand the exit strategy? Do I understand the fundamentals of that particular market? Because, you know, you can get excited about potential uh, returns, but if you do not understand and believe in a project plan and a team that, that, that can deliver on the business, because, you know, the analogy that I have is uh, you're actually betting on a jockey, right? So th- there is a horse, th- it's a race. Right. So if you are picking the right jockey who can deliver and hopefully <laughs> be in the first place, then it's a winner. Right. So we do a lot of due diligence uh, on a sponsor, just like exactly what you said. And number three is, you know, we run a pretty significant background check, including talking to uh, previous uh, limited partners and passive investors. To understand, you know, did this sponsor deliver on the project plan? Were the returns as projected or close to be projected? As we all know, when there is a new offering, you know, you can always make assumptions, right? And the projections. So these are probably top of the three things that we're looking at. We're looking for a track record. We're looking to understand the business plan fundamentals, the trend where that particular uh, uh, property is, is going through, you know, is there a job inflows, you know, is the rent continue to, to rise in that market? And then uh, we do a thorough background check just to verify that the fundamentals are strong for that operator. What company do you, use, do you recommend for the background check? We've, we've worked with several. I don't know if you can share that information, but... Uh, verify. Verify, yeah. Okay, good. So do we. 
All right. Now, uh, track record. Let's go to that because a lot of times people will share their track record of their five-star reviews, but maybe not the others. So how do you know you're getting the full track record when you ask for it? Yeah, so we, we ask some of the tough questions, right? Because ultimately, when we uh, end up working together with the sponsor, uh, we, we are true partners with them, right? So what that means is we put our skin in the game, we invest in those projects as well, our own funds. When we find a good deal, we actually open this up to our family and friends in our investor club. So we ask some of the tough questions such as, so what are the deal, can you tell me the deal that didn't go well? according to the projected business plan. Mm-hmm. Why didn't it go well? What could you have done differently, right? And some of the sponsors are uh, walking away from <laughs> answering such questions. And these are the sponsors uh, we, we end up not working with, right? So I think being able to ask these uncomfortable, many times uh, tough questions can reveal some of the answers that you're looking for, right? Because you know not everybody is transparent out there. There is a lot of... Uh, sponsors out there that put a very nice glamorous <laughs> presentation out there you know yeah. there's a lot of marketing gimmicks that a lot of people oh yeah right? yeah a but lot of times it's just to, brilliant marketers that exactly um, so are great operators ask, uh, such you know tough questions and really listen and hear them and say you know what that that's okay i mean we all know real estate is a risk you know there is risk mm-hmm. involved in yeah. that so it's it's how you pivot from that how do you turn it around you know, are you transparent with your investors when things don't go well? Mm-hmm. Do you still keep them up to date when the project, you know, does not perform, right? So mm-hmm. we know a lot of operators actually go dark, which is not a good experience. Yeah, absolutely. So going back from when you were more of an active investor to more of a passive investor, what are the, some of the things, I guess, that you learned or that were challenging in being an active investor while having a full-time job? I think uh, the most challenging thing was for me, there are so many different parts to uh, just before you invest, right? So you have to Mm -hmm. be able to do a lot of research. You have to be able to sometimes fly in there. You have to be able to arrange financing. You have to be able to then manage either the property yourself or manage the property manager. That, That was probably after. But I think the spectrum is so large that a lot of times uh, I would spend hours and hours analyzing different markets. And I ended up stopping myself from doing that because uh, you can lose a very easily side of time until you narrow down your search, right? So Mm -hmm. right now, I think what what I'm uh, suggesting to many people is that, you know, you really need to focus uh, your search criteria on, on specific parameters. Otherwise, this is sort of like infinite loop uh, when, when you talk about computer game <laughs> or computer <laughs> games. You can go this viral cycle that will never end, right? So you have yeah. to put a stop to it. You have to really narrow down your specific search. Otherwise, you'll be wasting a lot of time. Oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? No, it's, it's funny because we, you know, we have two kind of routes that you can go within our organization. You can, you can go through a more passive model or we can refer you to agents that will help you flip or do short sales or, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do that's more active, or you can go to a group of people who will do it for you. They'll find the properties, they'll renovate them, get them rented and, uh, you know, offer more of a turnkey passive investment, even though it's still active if you're, if you're owning it and don't have another manager in place. So uh, what I've found oftentimes is people say, oh, I want a better deal. I want to do it myself. I want to cut out the middleman. And um, I, just some really close friends said, oh, we don't, you know, we don't want to go through 
your turnkey models. We would rather go um, do it ourselves. And it, it, they didn't have the experience in property management. They ended up buying a property that needed much more repair than they thought. And the tenant that they got, because the place wasn't updated that nicely, they didn't get the greatest tenant. And then the tenant destroyed it even further. So now they've had to fly out to this area, spend weeks there renovating it themselves, not really calculating how much their time is worth, let alone all the costs of doing the work. And they're doing a lot of the work themselves, but also bringing people. So they're paying way more than if they right. had gone to somebody to do it for them. You know, it's, it's just kind of an interesting mindset. And, and that is kind of part of the process, right? There's a lot of learning involved in becoming successful at anything, at anything at all. And some people maybe just want to learn the more difficult, challenging way. But that's why we do this show to, to, um, to help others kind of learn from those who've been there. So, you know, we don't have to make the same mistakes. Again, like what would you suggest to somebody just starting out who does have a full-time job that they love like you. I mean, you're, you're not, you're, you have a cash flow job, right? You know, right. and you're building passive income at the same time. And uh, I'm guessing a retirement plan if you've got 50 syndications. So what would be your advice to other people from Silicon Valley or people who do have full-time jobs that they love, but want to build real estate on the side? Yeah. So I think you have to pick a niche. You have to pick an industry uh, that you like. It could be single family homes. It could be syndication. Just do one thing at a time. Do not become a generalist. Mm -hmm. I think I I was kind of hoping until I found the syndication that I I said, you know what? I've tried single family home. I tried flipping. I tried owning them. I I tried to go into auction. So I I, I was spending three, four, uh, five months on each one. Some of them I was doing simultaneously. I think in the beginning, you really need to focus and zero mm-hmm. in on one strategy at a time, right? Yes. And then, you know, give yourself enough time to succeed. I think a lot of times we kind of rush the process. Another thing I would recommend is really know your strengths and weaknesses. Like you said, some people are good at flipping. Maybe they can do it themselves. Like in my case, I'm not good with uh, building houses or making any repairs. So I, I w- you can partner up with other people. Uh, we built a home together with a, a friend and a business partner of my, I mine. It was a fix and flip out of state. The project didn't turn out to be a success. I was never involved in that. I was a passive investor. I was just providing the capital, right? But I have that experience, right? Now I know, okay, well, that didn't work. That model didn't serve the purpose. Now I moved on. So give yourself a chance, understand what your strengths and weaknesses, do not hop from one model to another, you know, give yourself X period of time and and try it, right? Ultimately, we learn by mistakes, you can learn from other people's mistakes as well, right? Hopefully, you can (laughs) speed up the process and do not make the same mistake as uh, other people do. But Mm-hmm. It's about trying it out and, and seeing and then uh, evaluating what works, what doesn't, and then building on your strengths and successes. Absolutely. And I kind of like what you said earlier, too, that you spent a lot of time studying before you jumped in. I, I recommend reading at least three books on the topic. If you want to invest in storage, for example, either owning it yourself or investing in a syndication, there are podcasts on the topic, there are books on the topic. Sure. You need to go in, whether you're managing it or someone else's, you still need to know what you're doing. So there's a lot of free information, cheap information, read three books, and you'll be no, more knowledgeable than most real estate agents and brokers, right, on the topic. So there's enough information out there 
to make so sure a, that you make and you can mistakes. talk to other investors, right? There is yeah. a lot of experienced investors more than happy to share their knowledge and their advice. Uh, you know, I yeah. truly believe in a mentorship as well and mastermind. So you can also get a mentor as well or become a mastermind. There's a lot of uh, forums out there. Your Facebook is also popular. Now you got to be careful who you listen to, right? Oh, yeah. so you obviously <laughs> want to yeah. associate yourself with somebody who is very experienced, who also has a good track record. That's absolutely right. All right. Well, Alex, it's been really a pleasure having you here on the show. I can't wait to hear how your, your syndications turn out. You know, that's, who knows, we, we may be interviewing the next billionaire next time we have you <laughs> Thank on. You. Um, really, really, I love hearing success stories. Would you say, is your family proud of you? Uh, totally. Uh, unfortunately, last year I lost my dad. Oh, uh, uh, he's always in my heart. Um, he had a cancer and uh, mm. it was a long battle with him, but I'm so happy and grateful that he was able to at least see some of my successes. And uh, I think the yeah. best is yet to come. I am a forever optimist. So uh, I'm very fortunate to end up being living here with my beautiful family. And uh, my, my mission is to help others along the way also to build wealth through real estate and passive income uh, investing in syndications. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom here on The Real Wealth Show and look forward to having you back sometime. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate the opportunity. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you'd like to learn more about how to get started in real estate or understand which real estate markets are performing best today, visit our website at realwealthshow.com. We've just changed our format and are offering weekly webinars that are broken up into different parts that dive deep into the underpinnings of certain U.S. metros. We're also showing featured properties on our website, which has been a real highlight for our members. Again, you can check that out at realwealthshow.com.